What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I am here with a very, very good friend and world champion bodybuilder, uh, AJ Morris. Uh, this is a little bit of a different turn than, than the normal podcast. We don't always talk about bodybuilding on here, but I want to on this one because this is like a unique chance to talk to you. Um, and, and it's going to be an amazing one for you guys to listen to. So I'm super glad to have AJ on the on the podcast. Uh, thanks for coming by, mate. Oh, thank you very much, mate. Uh, this is uh, two for two. Two you for know, two. Podcast on my end yesterday, and, and now I'm back on yours. So yeah, <laughs> excited to be on. Um, I listen to your to your podcast very frequently, dude. Amongst the the many that are out there, and I think that you know I'm very excited to be on it because it is it is quite an individual podcast. And I think one of the reasons why I listen to it is that a lot of podcasts nowadays are getting kind of repetitive. Same sure. guests, same topics, For sure. same chats. And it's just like, yeah. I've kind of heard this before. So no, man, you're doing a great job and um, I'm happy to be on. I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Um, so just before I, I jump into to kind of getting into it with, with AJ, I just want to say um, AJ is a huge inspiration to me and probably... <laughs> probably like early early last year when I first kind of like started getting hold of AJ and, and started understanding the movement that he was doing it was a huge I even told you this thing back in the day like I was kind of like emulating him I was trying to copy him every everything I did because everything he did was like on the money um so I just want to say thank you for for that um, oh, because man. many many things I've been doing have been trying to emulate things that AJ's been doing and AJ's younger than me as well so that really says something um for the head that he's got right now which is awesome thank so thank you when I bring um special special guests under here we like to get them get to know them a little bit um so i've i've listed a few questions they're going to be either or questions so you'll just pick one of the options um let's say let's say you've got to pick one of them for the rest of your life which one are you going to pick (laughs) okay so let's do this barbells or dumbbells barbells squats or deadlifts (laughs) <laughs> deadlifts deadlifts currently <laughs> oats or cream of rice oh oats oats man so. podcasts or music oh fuck music music has to be big legs big back fuck that's difficult fuck. that's a difficult big legs big legs big legs yeah. uh, comedy or thriller thriller batman or superman Superman. Working out alone or working out with a partner? Definitely alone. <laughs> and final question. WMBF Pro mm-hmm. or a couple million pound? WMBF Pro. I knew it. No, hes- <laughs> no hesitation needed. I knew that. I wanted to leave Fuck that there. The money. <laughs> yeah, I wanted. I-, I like to set that question up there because I want people to understand like the mindset that you have to be to, to be a world champion, to, to have your goal in, in that, that tunnel vision, like nothing gets in the way, nothing, nothing gets in the way. Um, so I want to just want to transition into kind of like what this year and, and what's different this year versus last year. So for those of you guys that don't know, AJ prep for, was it 45 weeks? I think we said yesterday on the podcast. Yeah, pretty much 45 weeks in total. So yeah. a long old time. Um, and by the end of it, um, ended up a world champion guys a world champion i don't care where you are from if you're a world champion that is some king shit right there and, and, and it's amazing to see so what i want to know is 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 what are you going to do different this year or, or the next prep that you do um to, to make things better you've already got the world championships obviously um what's going to be different this time 
Sure. So thanks. Thanks very much for all the kind words that you've had to say so far, man. I'm already uh, <laughs> already getting butterflies in my stomach. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I think this off season has just been drastically different to previous off seasons. Very much in a similar thought process as you've been what we talked about yesterday in terms of just simply looking at the off season as a chance to replicate what we were doing in prep with regards to consistency, our execution within ev- not the just the exercise form, but everything we're doing, how we execute our day on a whole is just geared towards the end goal of, of either the next competition season, a pro card. It's like something is in our heads and we want it more than anything. Um, that's really what's changed my perspective. And I think coming off the back of last year, obviously having a lot of success in reality, Josh, I think what it made me realize is that, wow, like I can actually be a half-decent bodybuilder I hadn't, I'd won at a regional level prior to this. I'd won two regional level shows. But every time I went to a British final as a teenager, I wouldn't be in the top six. And it frustrated the living daylights out of me. I, I wanted to be in the top six. I wanted to be battling in the, um, in the top echelons of the sport. And I really thought that from my work ethic from the get-go, that I did have something that, from a work ethic standpoint, could get me there. So, so for me, the reality was, you know, 2017 made me realise that I can I can actually be pretty good. So that motivation fired me up for an off season phase. I already knew my already knew my plan of attack coming out of the competition prep season. I think if I was to give any any advice to anyone coming out of competition competition season in comparison to you where you finished and you were like low calories, high cardio, and you went straight up to a very aggressive reverse. I think the majority of the reversing period should be done in your competition prep. Like you should be at the end of your competition season on decently high calories, close to maintenance, limiting cardio, bringing cardio down, potentially only using expenditure tools like steps, which are relatively low intensity and not very taxing. And that allows the transition out of the preps to be so much, so much smoother. Yeah. You know, I was already reversed by the final show, had the goal set. I remember coming back on the plane from the Worlds to when I went to uh, New York to stay there for a bit. And I literally had, because you know when you're on a plane, you, you can't do shit. Yeah. So I was on my notes section planning out exactly how my like diet would look exactly what training approach I was going to go for because I transitioned into an upper-lower split. Um, I went very high volume, very high frequency coming out of my shows. And I had it all planned out. So the minute I got back from New York, I went at it. And I was like, after my show, man, I was just like ridiculously off the charts motivated to the point where it's actually detrimental. You know, I started training twice a day and Uh, it was just yeah, it was just detrimental to be honest. I probably lost more muscle tissue <laughs> like <laughs> after the show than I did during the prep. Um, but yeah, so the, in terms of what's changed, it's really just been uh, a complete rethinking of how I approach the off season and treating it more so like a prep. Yeah, so every meal good. counts, the timing matters, the food options matter, and it has definitely changed my physique in this phase 100 percent like i've i've got a photo that if today's training is really boring i'll post up on instagram because if training sucks which probably works it's deload i'll put up the photo instead so um i put alongside 
my last off season at 180 pounds uh, most muscular to the one that I took yesterday and the different differences is quite quite drastic yeah. so it will definitely be up by the time that people watch this podcast so if you want to refer to something to understand what a structured off season and obviously a bit more muscle makes then look at that picture because it's it there is a big difference um, at the same body weight yeah so that can only mean one thing you know more muscle better body composition better structure so yeah man that's really what the off season has been about for me awesome awesome and um what i think is really important that you mentioned there um was using that motivation that you had built in that on season because those of you who have prepped up there that are listening to this and those of you that haven't when you go through prep it's almost it's almost like you're honing all of your skills it's almost like efficiency gets more everything gets done um because you've got that regiment because you've got that goal and, and I always thought to myself, why can't I just do this in the off-season? Because every, I don't know, because I wasn't controlling it well. I didn't have the markers there, um, health markers. I was, I was binging and doing all this stupid stuff. And I didn't take that, that prep mindset into my off-season until this last off-season. And I think for myself as well, it's made a hell of a change. So yeah. any of you guys who are feeling slightly unmotivated post-competition, um, maybe just address like what's happened there because you should be more motivated than ever after that 100%. Yes, sure. Um, now, like, what I want to note to people here is that, that you are a world champion, but you you didn't coach like you didn't have a coach, sorry, um, which I find like very impressive because um, my mind goes everywhere and I want to prep, so I love to have someone there to talk to. And I just wondered, did you have anyone to talk to um, about your physique as you went through that process, or was it just like a one man process um, and, and you just you just confident in yourself from that? Sure, I I don't think prep is ever going to be a one-man process in any sort of setup whether you're with a coach whether you're not with a coach I think that there's always a greater degree of people involved in just one and for me I think at the end of my prep I had pretty much two two jacks that were very integral in in my prep so Jack Piad who was taking all my photos and normally just telling me to eat more and stop doing steps and things like that. It was at the end. It was more so of a case of Jack telling me to back off yeah. and saying that you know you you you're actually ready. You just need to just sort of cruise in and back off some things now. And then I had also Thorburn as well. Jack Thorburn doing a lot of my analysis from a pictures perspective. I'd usually I'd send him a lot. So I sent him pretty much daily photos in the lead up to the worlds my peak week for the UK DFBA British finals, I sent him all my photos as well. And he was, he was very, he was very good at just sort of taking more of an analytical approach to things. He, he knew exactly how I was doing things. He knew exactly what my meals looked like, how I'd structure them. And he'd always sort of pretty much second guess what I was going to do. And he'd just normally say, just give me the nod and agree. Um, and I think looking back, I think that was very important for me, especially from a conditioning standpoint, because my calling card as a junior was always just condition. Yeah. There was guys that were 15 or 20 pounds heavier than me on stage, so I couldn't really play the, the big or the full card. I had to play being in shape. Yeah. And like to have someone like Thorburn looking at me and saying, you're on the money, mate, yeah. I knew that I'd probably be on the money because I'd never seen someone as shredded as he, he gets. Um, so... For me, that was that was that was really how I ran things, and I agree with you, Josh. 
my head my head sometimes did go places and it's not that fun when you're coaching yourself but the thing is i think the one thing that kept me most locked in towards the end was the fact that i'd already got my food up to a sort of a reverse state and i was eating just just, i was basically just coming becoming very robotic in the process um even now in the off season like the only time my head slips is when I veer away from a structured plan. Yeah. Like if I have a day where I start thinking, mm, should I eat this or should I eat that? Should I change this, change that? As soon as I think about changing something, I, I I slip and then my performance slips as well. No no shit because you're just changing your entire structure. So structure is key. Once you've got the structure in place, just it sounds sad, but you almost have to become a bit robotic with it and just. Just, you know, eat your meals, do your training, do your cardio and just kind of switch off a little and allow yourself to sort of do the analytical process on your physique as opposed to, you know, what special meal you're going to have, what new special sauce you're going to put on your foods. Just fucking get get it, get, just take your boxes as basic as it gets towards that point. Absolutely. Amazing. Um, I just think to to go through that process um, with just like a hat, like, people you can count on your on one hand just like having to help you um is really invaluable and it's the same thing you know um the same thing for me like my girlfriend at the time she supported me so much absolutely um, and it's and it's what i needed and i even messaged you a few times as well just like for peace of mind as well so um for anyone out there who is confident in their own knowledge you can do it but just you know just make sure that you're kind of outsourcing because when you're in that head that that headspace of prep things are very like blinkers off and your your tunnel vision and, and, and I need condition, need condition more. If you've already got the condition, you might not need the condition anymore, so stop digging. Sure. Um, and that was something that you did amazing and I'd love to talk just quickly um, about that reverse diet because I've never seen it. I When I watched it, I had never seen anyone reverse diet like that. Um, um, for anyone who doesn't know about reverse dieting, it's essentially once you've kind of reached peak condition um, or the condition that you want to take into a show, you're just essentially reversing the process or you did bring up calories, taking down cardio. Um, yeah. And like, just just for the the listeners here, can you compare where you ended your prep, like the day you ended your prep, calories, um, steps, all that kind of stuff, versus like probably the, the deepest part of prep when you were still digging, and what sure. the difference was? Yeah. So the difference being, I was digging the most before my first qualifier, which was the BNBF finals, and I was on about mm, my low days outside of refeed so my date like my weekly caloric intake was probably closer to like 2200 at its lowest that's very low for me um but my lowest low days on rest days because i was doing a bit of a carb cycle were, pro- were definitely below 2000 calories and my expenditure at the time were my steps were at 20,000, and i was doing 30 minutes on the stairmaster every morning at like level 11 which is fucking fast yeah i fucking know level 11 fucking fast <laughs> barely do level nine right now <laughs> um so yeah that was blowing my brains off in the morning and that 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 was like five times a week i think the only days i didn't do the stairmaster were were leg days yeah um but it would interrupt my leg days anyway to be honest because it was so taxing it was like a leg workout pretty much so that was the lowest and then after that, I I started to pull back on the cardio a little bit and focus more so on steps, but my calories remained quite similar. And then that that was sort of the period of time until I got to peak stage condition or what I deemed as peak stage condition. 
And then to give disparity by the worlds, I was on 3,000 calories and my steps were between 20 and 25,000 and no, no Stairmaster, no formal cardio at all, just steps. But the steps were done at that point in a fashion which wasn't just accumulating steps. So it wasn't like I go out for like a, a uh, like a really slow walk. Because yeah. the reality is, trying to if you try and get twenty thousand steps and you just accumulate them, you, you're going to be all fucking day on your feet. <laughs> That's not fun. So I prefer to just get them done in like two power walks. So I usually do like an hour of like a pretty damn fast walk in the morning. Yeah. Um, on my treadmill and then I'd, I'd usually do half an hour in the evening and the rest I'd just accumulate throughout the day okay. so if you kind of look at it, look at it that way it's still like an hour and a half of cardio man yeah, yeah, yeah. so it, it wasn't like I was doing like it wasn't like I was doing hardly anything I was still doing a lot um, but I believe that that point uh, I'd prefer to have been doing a lot of cardio and been eating more mm-hmm. than been eating like a rabbit and been not doing much yeah. Um in terms of whether I changed that, I, I think I could have gotten away with doing a lot less yeah. because at that point your body becomes very adaptive to the stimulus of cardio and especially steps. Yeah. Um, so you like would would my heart rate have really been high enough throughout that hour of steps to really signify doing them? I, I don't think so. Um, I think I could have gotten away with with doing either a shorter bout with a higher intensity or just not not doing as much. Yeah. I think I'd have looked very similar and that sort of reared its head when I finished dieting because I took away most of that fast walking and replaced it with just like sightseeing and shit when I was in the States and my weight stayed fairly similar despite food going up um, and I probably looked a fair bit better as well in the week after yeah. because you don't realize how much inflammation you carry from all the expenditure that you're doing yeah. you know I, I remember you you were doing a lot as well like on the stairs and stuff and I, I i think you know when you sunk all your carbohydrates and just um your coach told you to pretty much sit still your yeah. weight hardly moved that much because yeah. or initially hardly moved that much because you took away a lot of the inflammation and then just replaced it with glycogen yeah. um so yeah that was pretty much it so whatever way you look at it i was in a lot more food and the expenditure was probably fairly similar um it wasn't perfect but again could i have done it better if someone was coaching me probably there was maybe it told me to stop moving so much and yeah, eat yeah, yeah. A more but it was what it was in the process and it ended up okay ended up all right yeah oh, yeah not too yeah. bad not too bad <laughs> <laughs> awesome man it's 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 so like refreshing to see stuff like this happen in front of my eyes as well because i didn't even never even conceptualize what what you did um until you did it and 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 there you go you proved you proved everyone who 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 did the opposite wrong you know and and that's the way that's the way that i want to do it next time for sure yeah Um, yeah. so i remember you uh just coming out of that you you had your eyes set on 2020 yeah Uh, yeah is that Mm -hmm. now is that now 2019 uh, I think with the way that this year has gone, mate, and I just like and watching the shows this year, just 
there's some there's something about it when you just know that you just gotta go for it and you yeah. just like gotta go with your gut instinct and the way that I think I look at things as well I look at things not just from a internal perspective with where my motivation is like it's more so like externally what's going on so what's going on with family life what's going on with friendships relationships etc that really puts me in a, in a position to optimally like sort of capitalize on a prep and right now with the way things are heading um obviously moving out soon i'll be in my own place i'll be in a better environment from a gym perspective my support network at the moment is is just ridiculous i've got some really good people in my life uh, which i'm very lucky to have and i think with that being said it just sets me up for either a very productive off season um which i don't think would be as productive as this year because what we we're talking about earlier with the, from the motivation standpoint yeah like I can see my off-season fire starting to dwindle and my prep fire starting to build up if yeah. you want to take it like that. So I think it's it's almost valid for me to take the momentum that I've gained in an off-season, apply it to a prep and just see where I stand. And my perspective also is like, will I or... Yeah, will I have the development? Will I have the, the sort of the muscle maturity to stand where I need to stand and, and do what I want to do in the, in the class that I'll be next year? I think from some perspectives, I'll be at an advantage because I will no, no longer have the the weight disparity between me and someone else in a junior category where the weight is unlimited. I'll have a 154-pound weight cap. I believe that my stage weight will be low 150s anyway. Yeah. So I'll be at the top end of a weight category. Um I've already been compared against some of, uh, I've been compared against some of the best lightweights in the UK at one of my qualifiers. Yep. Um, I got the opportunity, luckily, to stand and take a load of shots and also spend some time with the guy that actually won lightweight pro worlds. And I've got some pictures of me and him together. And yeah, obviously the lighting isn't stage lighting, and it's not maybe a fair comparison, but. From a muscularity perspective, it wasn't like it was night and day when I was a junior. Amazing. Um, and if it was night and day, I'd almost be like, Josh, yeah, I need two years. But a lot of people said to me when they saw those photos, it's not it's not night and day. Yeah. You, need, you need some more muscle. You need some more maturity, of course. But it's not night and day. And that's someone that's winning the pro class yeah. at Worlds. Um, and my goal is obviously win the amateur class at Worlds in that category. So the level of competition, well, depends if a genetic freak shows up, but the level of competition should be somewhat lower. Um, so I, I just feel quietly confident about approaching next year with a prep, yeah. uh, all being good, touch wood, you know, like no injuries, yeah. no niggles, um, good place calorie-wise, good place body composition-wise, and I'll drop the hammer, um, which is just fucking exciting. Oh, man, okay. uh, it gives me, gives me that feeling when you talk about it. I'm like, oh, let's fucking do yeah. it. Right, man. Yeah. Jeez, yes, yeah. And when it gives you that feeling, you you know that you know that you're in a good spot. Yeah. Um, if 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 going into a calorie deficit scares you or makes you a little bit like, oh fuck, yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. fair eating saurine and bagels. Fuck that. Yeah. Just eat your saurine and bagels for another year. Like yeah. I look at food now and I'm just like That's why I'm like, I kind of prefer less of this. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's exactly my mindset right now. It's exactly good. It's good. You're in a good spot. For sure. 
Uh, one thing, like, you actually just touched on it very, very quickly. Um, one thing that, like, I've been struggling with, um, and we'll, this is the first time the podcast is hearing about it, first time I've actually probably talked about it publicly. One thing I've been struggling with, and I want to know how you deal with it, because I think I feel like you're very, uh, like, your mental fortitude is, like, admirable for sure, and, and like, your goals are just, I, I can see it, I can feel it, I can feel, like, your goals are, like, that's it, it's do or die, like, I'm fucking getting this, you know? What do you say to those people who pick up a dumbbell and grow like a motherfucker and i look at them and i think i work my ass off i do every single thing i count my sleep i count my blood glucose i do this i do this i do that i do this and you still look like that and you yeah. and i see them re- and they're just slapping it around and i'm just like it it winds me up and, I, and I'm, I'm struggling with it at the moment how to deal with it and how to just forget those people and just think get on with my own business because that's what obviously what i need to do yeah i just want to know like what's your thought process on that because there's those guys that you look yeah. at, like the fullness, the roundness, the shape, yeah. And, and, yeah. and they don't take drugs and, and they're still three times the size of me. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I think the answer lies in my reaction when I win a show. Yeah. Because uh, if you look at when I won the Worlds, if you look at when I won the UK, if you if you were you were there when I won the BNBF Midlands, yeah. I won the bloody qualifier. Yeah. Like... I release so much energy when I know how much I've poured into the goal. I know that I've not been slapping around dumbbells. I know that I've not been missing a meal. I know that I've not been missing a, a moment of sleep. I know that I've been keeping my stress. Up. I know that I've been doing everything. And like when I beat someone that's slapping around dumbbells and yeah. like just throwing like a weed, like that makes me feel so fucking. <laughs> <laughs> um and I, I i would i would so much rather trade that i'd rather have that feeling than have a genetic pre uh predisposition to build muscle yeah. i i'd rather have to work hard for it and you know that's it, that's kind of why you know i do love natural bodybuilding in the sense that you know when you're standing on stage in a drug tested federation that it is literally you versus someone else that's you know it's not have they put in more this have they used this fat burner versus that fat burner have they you know implemented this drug at this point when you could have done that you know or have they even got more money to afford more drugs like i don't know man but or their predisposition to respond to drugs which you know of course is definitely a genetic component of of assisted bodybuilding is like some people respond to drugs very well some people do not um so mate like that's nothing against assisted bodybuilding you know i I love bodybuilding in all of its forms and i can see why people love the assisted route as well um i can i can really understand that but yeah for me dude just just the, the 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 understanding of the like I, I went to bed every night, dude, thinking of winning the worlds and just when that happened, yeah. I, it, I can't describe how good that feeling felt. It's just a ridiculous feeling. Um, it's like just euphoric. It's ridiculous, off the charts feeling. Um, and like I go, I go to bed most nights now thinking of the moment that I, I win a pro card. Um, and I don't, I don't care when that moment happens, but it, it, I'm confident it will happen. And when it does, I, I, I know that all these days when I'm potentially eating food that I don't want to eat, or you know, like just doing workouts that I sit there and write out my logbook and just think, "Fuck me, dude! Like this is just gonna take everything." And then I do it. When I do it, I know that 
no one else is doing this or no one else can really try and match this. Um, and you know, you're the, you're the same dude. Like there's very, 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 very few people. And I'm sure that you're learning this too. Very few people like us. There's very few. Um, there's people that think they're like us and there's people that think they can do what we do, but they really fucking don't. Once they get a taste of it, they don't like it. They, they can't stick to it for very long. And the amount of clients that I've had, and even people who are members of my site that will approach me and say, AJ, I'm not going to be a member of your site, or AJ, I don't want to be your client, because they don't feel that they can live up to what we do. Yeah. Um, and that's a shame in one essence, because you, you really don't. Like, to be a client of mine, you don't have to be me. You don't have to be as consistent or whatever. You can still do very well with a slightly tapered-down approach. Yeah. But people feel a lot of pressure, I think, looking up to guys like us that have the consistency and that, that do basically live and breathe it. But I think what they fail to realize is that it's almost ingrained in us. Like we don't go through a day and, and sort of think think about having to do these things. We just do it. Yeah. It comes like boom, like naturally. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really important thing. If you're chasing something like, you know, the upper echelons of, of natural bodybuilding or whatever sport you're doing, it's got a half of it, half of the work ethic side of things has so got to come quite, quite naturally for yeah. you to get a grip and, and really chase things. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts on that, dude. I agree. I can take, I can take so much value off that and I'm going to go back after this and, and just read through that answer again because mm-hmm. that's something I need to address right now. Amazing, mm-hmm. man. So just like one final question just to sure. kind of round this off, like what's the end goal for AJ Morris? What does AJ Morris want to be when he grows up? <laughs> I think if you asked me like 10 years ago, it would have been like Buzz Lightyear or some shit. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to be Buzz, so I'll be something else. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, dude, I think when I watched, the, got the first opportunity to travel out to the world with uh, the UK DFBA and Lee and Amy, um, I... I, I felt immediately like I owed them the world <laughs> yeah. because the, those people are like, I'm very lucky to call Lee and Amy, my, my close friends and they, they look after me a lot. They, they do a lot for me. I think my, one of my main goals is to continue, like continually give back to the sport, uh, especially the guys that run the UK DFBA. And that's no hate to any other federation at all. Yeah. It's just the closest relationship that I've had has been with those guys. Um, but I think what people need to realize too is that I want to give back to all aspects of, of natural bodybuilding, you know, whether it's people in the States competing, whether it's people in the UK competing, or like that's the reason why I do the natty scene. It's the reason why I, I do the, the weekly roundup when I can do it. And I mentioned when the next shows are and I mentioned where to get tickets. And I, I want to just create a bigger perspective for the sports. That is one of my main goals. Amazing. Is, is to li- really give back to the sport because it, it literally, mate, it's like it's given me, it's given literally what I do for a living yeah. to me. That's what the sport offers me. It offers me a pay packet at the end of the month. Uh, it offers me to sit here and do things like this with you at 9.30 and not have to rush off to an office job. Like, yeah. we are we are damn lucky. We work damn hard, but we're also damn lucky, dude. Um, sure. So that's that's what I want to continue doing because at the end of the day, my the, the, the way the sport lives and breathes is how I will live and breathe. So I need to keep it fucking alive yeah. <laughs> um, and make it bigger than ever. You know, if we burn the natural bodybuilding fire 
bigger than ever, so will my business. Um, you know, it's, it's a give and take thing. So that's number one. And then uh, number two is, is obviously to earn, earn the WMBF Pro card. Yeah. And that, that I, I definitely want to get that boxed off within the next five years. Um, I don't, it, at the end of the day, Josh, you know what it's like. It's like who turns up. Yeah. So if I get, if I get my cards right and I'm good on the day and everything works well, I do think that it can be achieved in a matter of two or three years, maybe even as soon as next year. I hate saying it because I'm not someone, I'm my worst critic. Like I will, I will critique myself a lot and I will, I will find it hard to think that I'm good enough to do what I do. Uh, I find it, I found it really hard to tell myself that I wanted to win a world championship last year. I found it really difficult to say that. Yeah. But when I did it, it gave me that little edge of confirmation. So that's that. And then like following on from that is to win professional shows and really just really stamp my name in the books. Like, um, like I want to be, <laughs> I, I want to be the next Brian Whitaker kind of thing. Like I want to be someone that, people in natural bodybuilding look up to and think, fuck, there was that guy called AJ and he was pretty yeah. damn good. Like, I'll, I would like that a lot. So that's that. And then business-wise, obviously just continue to develop and and make sure that I'm impacting a lot of people from you know a perspective of getting people on stage, but also impacting them in terms of their life and what they do and, and how they think about things, their thought processes, their mindset. Uh, towards things greater than bodybuilding, like just general, general sort of life, life circumstances and stuff, um, and that's why you know I, sh I shared what what happened to me at the start of the year with my mum. I shared I shared quite a bit of that yeah. because I wanted to I wanted to prove to people that um, you know in those times it's like a case of it's more so a case of mental fortitude and and how positive you can be in a, in, a, in what would be deemed as quite a negative negative environment. Um, so I think I'll continue sharing stuff like that. Um, Please do. Yeah, and I'll, I'll continue speaking about things quite honestly and openly because I think that's what social media offers us. It's a very important outlet, and we have to treat it with caution, and we have to treat it nicely. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, you just literally have to just be yourself on it. Uh, I think that's also what you do very well, dude. You're very much yourself on social media and especially on your podcast and you speak a lot about things that are very real and honest um and i do i do definitely appreciate that from you um and tom as well who comes on the podcast a lot i think you guys are, are, are very honest individuals i don't see any sort of stuff behind curtains with you guys you speak how it is which is good Cheers. thank you so much you guys this has been a great, great podcast. Um, I appreciate you for coming on. Honestly, man, you've motivated me for so, so long. And just to hear, just to hear these words come out of your mouth, like the way they come out, like it, it gives, like it gives me tingles. It literally does. It gives me tingles on my arms, and I, and I, and like it motivates me. And to see someone so young, so ambitious, and and just so like established where you are, it's it's it's, it's amazing. So, guys, anyone Mate. listening out to this who wants to follow AJ's journey, I highly recommend you do. It's been incredible so far, and it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. Oh, yeah. um, all of his stuff's gonna be in the show notes. Um, check him out. I appreciate AJ for coming on. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Speak to you very soon. Peace. Thanks, guys.